electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market hanging on to some gains, even as September PPI runs a bit warm, stirring some jitters about CPI tomorrow. Meantime, biggest M&A deal of the year in Exxon Pioneer. Birkenstock going public today will keep the NYSE floor busy. Our roadmap begins, though, with PPI coming in a bit hot. Investors also digesting some Fed speak from Daly, from Kashkari, monitoring the Israel-Hamas war with Secretary Yellen's say nothing's off the table for Iran sanctions. Plus, ExxonMobil agrees to buy Pioneer. It's about a $60 billion all-stock deal. We will, of course, give you the latest. And it's another big test for the IPO market this morning. Shoe brand Birkenstock making its public debut. That's how they pronounce it. You're too Right here at the NYSE. CEO's going to join us here at Post 9. That'll be in the next hour. All right, let's start with that massive deal in the energy sector. ExxonMobil agrees to buy Pioneer. The price tag... $253 a share. It's all Exxon stock. So in this case, when Exxon moves down, the overall value of the deal is impacted. Therefore, it is no longer $253, but not that far off from uh, that price. They are talking about significant synergies, as much as $2 billion uh, total annual average value over the next decade. Um, 2.3234 ExxonMobil shares. It's an 18% premium little background that I got, Jim, and obviously want to get your take. You sure. know this company, Pioneer, so well. <clears throat> My understanding is, uh, having spoken to people familiar with the old situation, as we like to say, that they've been kind of talking on and off for two years. But things only sort of got more serious of late. Um, we've talked about the spring and what may or may not have happened there, but really it's more recent than that. And it does seem to be tied, as this time, as to why it was able to get to the finish line in part because Mr. Sheffield is having succession. He is stepping down at the end of the year. Uh, Apparently as well, there was a belief that his people, so to speak, are going to be treated well. That's what I've been told in the sense of that synergy number I just shared is going to result potentially in some people losing jobs, as is often the case, and there's a feeling that it will be equally shared. That was something I'm told was important to him. But the premium itself, not that large, Jim. No. And I know you were in the camp that thought perhaps they would get a higher number, and you're not alone in that. No. Um, as we had reported uh, on Monday, most likely would be all stock, and it is. And Exxon showed price discipline. Yeah. Okay, so as a huge position for my charitable trust, went it for some time. Uh, one of the reasons why we bought it was because we liked Mr. Sheffield. When uh, Mr. Dooley was appointed to be a CEO designate, so to speak, at the end of the year, I thought that for sure this would be the long run that I wanted for Pioneer because I think it had the lowest finding costs. Mr. Sheffield built the best company in the Permian. Uh, I have tremendous regard for Exxon. I will sell every share of Pioneer the moment I'm allowed to because I have tremendous regard for my travel trust's performance, and this is not what I wanted. 
But it, I is, an all, I it is an all-stock deal. In other words, well, you are going to be a beneficiary if, in fact, they deliver on those synergies, if they do bring the price down to as little as $35 a barrel in terms of production costs over time, right? So well, sure, would you not want to just roll I into like it? My, I like my worth business. Uh, it's got more growth. I don't want to deal with this overhang. Uh, I, one of the reasons why we bought Pioneers, because Mr. Sheffield has said to us that we will own the largest dividend-producing stock in the S&P 500. We will not after that. I love, I think, Mr. the world of Mr. Sheffield, and it's a big win for me. So, ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. No, no, no assault on anything. Knowing the, the company as you do, what are your thoughts in terms of the deal that Exxon is getting here? Obviously, they Exxon's increased their footprint significantly in the Permian and in the Midland Basin, both uh, uh, right. key, key parts of, really, the Saudi Arabia, as we like to say, of our country. Well, I think Exxon shouldn't Texas be down this much, but that's your world. I mean, there's a time value of money. There's whether well, the FTC is involved. People are thinking six months. There's, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more. There right. is not a belief that this is going to get a serious antitrust review. Perhaps it does get a second request. But again, as, they, as the gentleman said earlier on Squawk Box, they're, what, 15% of, right. um, of oil coming out of the Permian, less than 8% total um, of, for the country. Right. Uh, and so you would anticipate that would not necessarily uh, uh, bring significant uh, antitrust no. scrutiny. No, I mean, it may be scrutiny, right. but not. And, you know, ExxonMobil is a pretty important company. And if they can continue to bring the price down, that conceivably is something that would be good for consumers. I think of the world, Exxon, I think that Denbury deal is good. You know who I, why we bought the stock? Let me be very clear about this. Because of Mr. Sheffield. And we won't have Mr. Sheffield. He's going to be on the board. He'll be on the ExxonMobil board. Well, but, board. you know. Yeah. No, he's won't. got a great board. He put Matt Gallagher on the board. Look, Sheffield's fantastic. So I want Sheffield. So I'll go find the next Sheffield. Then there probably isn't someone as good as Sheffield. But I have to do that because my job is to find a stock. I'm not an ARB. I get it. And that's right. perfectly, an perfectly normal thing to sell right. out that's on so the deal itself. I'm taking the gain. I'm really mean, thrilled. I think mean, Exxon is quite happy that they were able to hold it to an 18% premium Fantastic below a 20%. Them. Showing price discipline, all stock, but again, they can also argue but that. Mr. Dealer was appointed that, CEO, designate, when the stock was at 222. I, I, I was hoping for a little bit more than 241 this morning. 240, I think it's probably traded at 238. Right. You know, 238 is a hell, hell of a cry from. They do also price. take their, um, <clears throat> their transition targets to carbon neutral in the Permian. Uh, at at PXD down to two, uh, 2035 well, Chris, again, when it had been 2050. Was brilliant at this. He cared tremendously. And That's why Matt Gallagher was putting the board. ExxonMobil, as, as we know from having done our documentary and spent a, a few days down there, is electrifying all of their operations. Now that will include now that will include PXD in the Permian and the Midland. So, um, in the Permian. So right, some move you know. on. Kotaro is a better buy. It's cheaper than a dollar net uh, BCF, and you can get three and a quarter. Uh, but, you know, look, it's time to move on if you own the stock and find the next one. Because Why not just I, own Exxon? You know, Darren, Darren was at this point, well, I mean, a couple of years ago after they lost three question. seats to a, a firm that doesn't even exist anymore. Well, because Qatar uh, could be taken over by Chevron. I mean, I want to find a company that is great, act, that is worth a lot, that gives you a good dividend. I wanted that dividend from Pioneer. It was fantastic. Well, because it was not just the stated it was, dividend, it was, it was also 75% of whatever, right? And then right? they changed Cash the formula, flow. and they bought a ton of stock at 205. Hey, listen, you know, let, let's say tomorrow um, Walgreens got a bid from Amazon. Well, then I'm gone. So just, Walgreens would be gone, too. They'd be happy to take a bid. 
Man, that stock is nothing. Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to do it around pain. the mid-dash because I personally, it's a I, I think mean, Mr. You know, Wentworth is so. Ross Brewer's I out. think Mr. I Wentworth mean, is so fabulous that I was going to tell you that I think you buy Walgreens, and I haven't. I've been negative on the stock. Um, I mean, I just comment about the fact they closed the store that I did a giant piece on with the CEO, uh, my pharmacy, you know, whatever. And it's time to get behind Mr. Wentworth because he's a real leader. Yeah, interesting, uh, interesting pick. Uh, veteran of Cigna, a veteran of Express Scripts. Holy cow, Medco! I mean, he's—I met him. He—he's he, what we call money. He's fantastic. Uh, now they report tomorrow. I don't think they'd do a good number. That's ridiculous. But he's from the healthcare side. Now it's only about six billion versus the hundred billion pharmacy. But how about if you close all the underperformers? How about if you close all the places where stealing is rife? Because there's a thousand dollars, under a thousand dollars, you can steal a will. Well, then I think you'd have a really good company. I think it could be a really good healthcare company. So I'm very positive on mortgage. I'm not negative on Pioneer. I just got to move on. I, I, well, look, I was hoping to get a higher price, but that's okay. Everybody wants a higher but price. Are you, are you saying you're specifically looking for M&A in oil or, or beyond energy? I still think Kotaro. I think, I think Jordan's doing a fantastic job, but the fact that the stock's at 28 is absurd. They've got the best. Uh, next best Permian, and they have the best net gas. So I'm moving on. Could, you know, I have a monthly meeting today for the investment know, club. yes. And I'm thrilled. Hey, you know, look, you, you know, it's not, a, it's not an L. It's a W. It was, <laughs> it's an ugly W, but it's a W. Totally. No, it makes it's sense. It's a W. And, of course, to your point, uh, your question, Carl, you know, we'll, we've seen two large deals now. We've got the Cisco transaction with Splunk a couple of weeks yep, ago. Yep. <coughs> Which Excuse was sort me, of the inverse conversation about sticking around versus taking your right. winnings and leaving. But well, there, yeah, there that answer didn't work for me. Like, this is good for that? everybody when you're the Splunk CEO and you're talking about how it's just wonderful for everyone, even though you're selling for well, cash. You just got there. In this so case, at least, if you wonderful. are pioneered and you get that question, why and right. why this price, you can say, well, we believe in the combination in a real way. Absolutely. It's all stock. So it's a very different answer. But I want to find the one that has the optionality. I want the earnings to be up or I want the takeover. That's why it's Kotara. That's what I want. That's not bad. But, you know, I got to. I don't don't know. What's Kotara? What's Kotara? I'm not able to judge whether Lena Khan, who's so anti-corporate, will go over after this just to destroy the time value of money. She probably understands that even. Woods Check was asked that. about That's that and, and said 15% of Permian production uh, is a, basically not a well, you know, enormous look, player. She's her, no, her, all of her writings have nothing to do with that. Her writings are, and I'm not, I quote this, that rich people do really well. Now, she'll say that's a misquote. I really don't give a damn. What she Listen. says is that mergers favor the rich and they're bad for the poor. You know, she's kind of Robin Hood, right. but not stock. In this case, their really argument awful. is going to be in bending the cost curve as they believe they can, applying their technology to all the pioneers. Right that that will be a benefit to consumers. So they already have their pitch to D.C. My guess is, uh, and I think they believe, that they will not get a serious Jonathan Cantor would never uh, look at this. He's like legitimate in guy. The, in the form of a heavyweight. A lawsuit or anything. Yeah. Right, well, I just find, you know, look, you, you, when you voted for Biden, you got Khan. Okay, so let's not, like, mince words. Khan's yeah. anti-corporate. Man, I mean, just, she's an agency person. Every opportunity to just come back to Khan. No, I've missed opportunities, and I regret that. Really? Yeah. Really? I, because I wasn't rigorous. Would you like me to bring her together with you? She's a very I've nice, noticed, very nice I, lady. I'm happy to meet anyone. She's very I've always nice. been a forgiving fella, She's too, a lovely, just for the record. lovely lady. I mean, really? Yeah. Smart, nice. Nice person. Fits my nice person indicator. 
Uh, meantime, PPI, as we said, did run a little warm today. Uh, five tenths, we were looking for three tenths. Core was three tenths, looking for two tenths. Uh, year on year, Jim, uh, the headline is the hottest since April. Well, that's why I'm two, against two. the like these guys, these people who say we don't need another hike. You know, give us another hike. Let's spike it, okay? We don't want to be in a situation where a year from now we're saying, why didn't you do more? We can always take it back. I, I don't like this number. This number's too hot. And uh, there's nothing wrong with another hike to be sure that inflation's over. Uh, Daly last night saying she can absolutely imagine that the neutrals two and a half to three uh, got some play. I thought she was smart about that. Yeah. I happen to like her work. I think she's a very rigorous person. We'll get minutes today uh, at 2 p.m., uh, along with Waller and Bostick again, Collins tonight. Bostick's right. probably been the most outspoken, saying, we're done. I thought that was very interesting. Jefferson was there, and then Bostick just said, we're done. But, you know, I think this is, I mean, I don't want to be sound redundant, but it's Jay Powell's fit. And if Jay Powell wants another hike, then we'll get another hike. Jay wants, Jay gets? Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, now, when I think about Waddle, Waller, I think about Waller, yes. not Waddle, I just think, why can't they hit him in the flat? Wait, no, it's Waddle. Yeah, why can't they hit Waller in the flat? Which, oh, you're, wait, are you talking about Waller on the Giants? Yeah. Waddle on look, the I, uh, Look, I, just Miami. like this, I play for Birkenstock, so I could be anything at this point. But, yeah, I'm just saying, why hasn't he been hitting the flat? I'm just and really is that glad, Gable's fault? I'm glad, Carl, that we transitioned to the NFL. Well, Waller, the Waller comments were where I am, the daily comments were where I am, and I just think that that's where Powell is. Powell wants to see, I think, I think he wants to see six consecutive good numbers. So we better have a good CPI number tomorrow because he wants to see six consecutive because he doesn't want to be the person who's Arthur Burns, notoriously bad Fed chief, who's just like, ooh, I stopped tightening at the wrong time. No, he's, he's a good guy and he's against inflation because it hurts the working person. So let's be sure it's done. Of course, the journal yesterday, uh, Nick Timmero saying that these higher yields are likely to extend the pause. And the chance of, I think, of uh, November is, what, 7%? I know. And he, of course, is the Fed whisperer, which I am not. You know, I'm not a Fed whisperer. Stock whisperer. You're a stock whisperer. Yeah, but I just And don't, a stock shouter. That's why I like... stock every, every possible Does he whisper? Range. He does whisper when you get uneasy about something. You get it's a little true. quiet. I do. He I does do get, get quiet. quiet. But I, look, I, I am just where it was when uh, we got the last bad CPI number. It's like, oh, that was a bummer. And by the way, I mean, in September, who went out with a hire for longer? Not me. I just think you have to be prepared for another hike. It's okay. All right, but the tenure has backed off from 4.8. Now this is there amazing that it's backed below off. Below 4.6. Dude, there are people who say, listen, maybe I missed the opportunity of a lifetime to, to buy the 20 year north of five. I know. But how about all that financing as opposed to, remember all those people like coming out and saying, well, we're all dead, there's financing, there's horrible, Medicare, entitlements. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? They're still around. But still they only around. come in on days when the interest rates are really bad. Still around. Still, you know, there is still the supply story, supply demand supply story. Supply is real. And worries they, about they that and how it's going to I begged them this to the finance. You know I begged them to finance at 50 or 30. I do. We remember well. And they all well. laughed. They, they left at me. They all laughed at you. You begged Steve Mnuchin. I remember you talked to him about I it all the time. time. I just begged him and begged Online, him. offline. All you did was say 50 or 50 or 50 or Actually, but, there was a UK Treasury official yesterday who said, eh, maybe we should have done a little more long-term financing. Go. Rates were lower. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, yeah. Right? Woulda, shoulda, coulda. I mean, you know, I didn't go back to the NFL there. No, you didn't. No, I did not. Because I think Coach Dable's in jeopardy. And I really like him. 
We'll take a quick break here, take a look at the pre-market. We are hanging on to some gains, as uh, Jim says. Yields uh, upped a little bit on the uh, PPI print, but not uh, not too much, still below 4.6. We'll get to some calls on Morgan Stanley today, CSX, Novo, NVIDIA, and of course, talk about Birkenstock, a big event here on the floor this morning. Don't go anywhere. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's get to the latest in Israel this morning, now entering its fifth day of conflict with Hamas. NBC's Ralph Sanchez is live on the ground once again. Good morning, Ralph. Carl, good morning. We are hearing from the Gaza Health Ministry that they have now completely run out of fuel for the Strip's sole sour power plant. They say that is a result of the siege imposed by the Israeli military in response to Saturday's terrorist attack. And that may mean that pretty soon the two million residents of the Gaza Strip are going to be completely without electricity. This has the potential to be a major, major humanitarian disaster, to say nothing of what appears to be a looming Israeli ground offensive against Hamas terrorists inside of the Gaza Strip, but a ground offensive that may bring this war to the densely packed streets of Gaza City, refugee camps like Khan Yunus, with civilians caught in the crossfire. As you said, Carl, we are five days into this war, but it feels like almost every hour we are learning new details of the full scale of the horror of the terrorist attack that sparked it. Yesterday, the Israeli military took us into a kibbutz called Kafar Aza. It's about half a mile from the Gaza border. Uh, they showed us the hole in the fence through which these Hamas militants came. And then we basically followed the path of these terrorists as they went killing kidnapping through this community. Uh, it was a scene unlike anything I have ever seen. There was blood all over the walls, all over the floor of these small houses inside the kibbutz. Some of these homes have been set on fire with people inside. The smell of death was absolutely overwhelming. Kafar Aza was home to about 700 people, it appears that a very, very significant proportion of those 700 people have lost their lives. Even though it's not physically a big place, it felt like almost every couple of minutes the Israeli military was discovering new bodies, including the bodies of children inside of that kibbutz. So a truly devastating scene. Carl. 
Raf, the death toll uh, is shocking, and we do expect to hear from the president here once again uh, following his remarks yesterday. We'll talk soon. Uh, Raf Sanchez of NBC News uh, in Israel. Take a look at the pre-market. Market obviously has a lot to process today in addition to the headlines out of Israel. Uh, we'll watch uh, the IPO market. We'll watch the M&A market. And, of course, getting a little more calls ahead of what will be a busy Q3 earnings season. More squawk on the street in a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, four minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Let's uh, get in our mad dash. We talked a bit about Walgreens, the right. new CEO. Yeah, Exxon's not the only important stock in the Dow. I happen to know Tim Wentworth is the new CEO. He's remarkable. I mean, from Medco, might have known him, you know, Cigna, Express Scripts. Here's what I know about him. He is a no-nonsense guy that can really generate tremendous returns, not yet, from the healthcare side. That's where he's from. It's only about five, six billion now versus the hundred billion. But if you close the underperforming stores, get rid of the stores that have bad shrinkage, and you up the healthcare, you will have a stock that is dirt cheap. Maybe they can do four dollars. Maybe they can do more. And I think people have. I've not been in favor of this stock now. I mean, literally for twenty points. But this guy's a real deal. And I just salute him and think he can take you to a higher price. And the stock should be bought, perhaps aggressively. They yeah. report tomorrow. It's going to be off. Probably off. Stefano Pacina is still a very large shareholder. I know, but they, they, Wentworth um, is a, a guy you're going to say Wentworth is a, a mistake to have bought boots many years ago in the yeah. UK. Yeah, it was. But you, you can pivot these acquisitions that they've been making in healthcare. They can be good. So I just say I like Wentworth. And there is now hope for a stock that I held, I've held no he, hope. He replaces Roz Brewer, who only had who the just, job for a who, couple of years. Who left right? with, before the re- release came out. That's yeah. a suboptimal. No, that was not a great situation. But anyway, I like Wentworth. I think he's terrific. I wish he were here because I think that you would hear very quickly that he's really a, a guy who no nonsense guy really help on the healthcare side, which is the future. Yeah, interesting. We got another uh, new CEO named at Sherwin Williams, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but uh, Birkenstock, of course, going public today here at the NYSE, pricing in the middle of the range at 46. Uh, do not miss our first on CNBC interview with the CEO coming up in the next hour, Jim. Uh, values almost just south of nine, raising one and a half. Interested? Yeah. Look, I mean, it's not outrageously valued, but it is on an EBITDA to earnings. It is, it is higher than everyone one of the shoe business, except for on. On is valued at a, at a more, a, a higher price. These guys have a, a really good price point. And I will say this. I was saying to someone on the floor this morning, I, I don't want to, excitement should not drive st- investing. But this is a big consumer name that a lot of people, re- that's profitable. You've got, you've got and, cornerstone investors here, LVMH. Ron which Barron, didn't have a Ron good Barron number last stepped night. up for half a bill and durable. Now, do you find corner investors well. just be like no, it a dodge? Well, we'll talk about LVMH, by the way, on its own. Right. That's an important story But, th- this but this is a stock that could go up, and it's expensive now. It could go higher. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Carl, 10 times oversubscribed, top 10 accounts, got 75% or more of the stock. It's very good. Which means, you know, sounds always sounds good, but we say that basically for every IPO, and you never know. <laughs> Look, I mean, we did a big takeout saying that 
that if you bought the stock at around $49, you know, you're talking about an expensive stock. Uh, Crocs is at, just use the relatives, Nike's at 20, Decker's at 15.5, Crocs is at six. These guys are just a little bit higher than that. And, you know, they have 27.5, I shouldn't say. One is the highest at 27.5. This is lower than that. But it's incredibly popular. Here's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange with the big board. Birkenstock celebrating their IPO. We'll talk to the CEO in the next hour. At the NASDAQ, it is uh, Teen Vogue and Culture House celebrating the International Day of the Girl. Okay. Uh, I like the fact that the margins are expanding at Birkenstock. Okay. So, Jim, uh, we'll watch that. Uh, it's in terms of indices, 43.70. Yesterday, people started to talk about resistance once again, just north of 4,400. I just think that we have to take stock of the fact that even uh, Thursday, we had so many naysayers come on. They've all vanished. They don't seem to want to come on and explain why they were so right. And I want our viewers to understand, take counsel of yourself. If you do not think it's the worst time since World War II, my dad volunteered on December, December 8th, 19, you know, 1941. That was a bad time. And he was sent to the Pacific. And I know that that was not a great time to buy stocks. But you are and then I could name six, seven, eight other times. Uh, and is our country in a perilous fiscal situation? Well, we've been perilous ever since we decided to load up on debt. Uh, they have to find a way. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, we're not Turkey. I'm saying that basically we're a first world country. And eventually we'll deal with it, even though it seems inconceivable we'll deal with it. But I have great faith in our country. And I hear people who say it's perilous, perilous, perilous. <laughs> and I say to myself, they do not share my faith. <laughs> we had this discussion yesterday. And by the way, today, B of A, uh, Savita Subramanian comes out again, reminds us we're exiting the worst seasonal period of the year, entering the best. She reiterates 4,600 year end. A lot of technicians saying you might look at the July highs or at least test them again. I think Larry Williams, I regard as the, the foremost market historian, is saying that the seasonals here, including November, could be extraordinary. And the pessimism obviously is high. But David, we know this. 28% of this market are the mega caps. And the mega caps could have great quarters. They could? I can break them down. They, I think they're all going to have great. The vast majority of them You think they're going to be very strong? Yeah, I think Amazon's going to be great. I think Alphabet's going to have a great quarter. I think Meta's going to have an insanely good quarter. I think Is there that, any underlying NVIDIA, reason, or are these all for they're so, separate, no, distinct well, reasons? Tremendous balance sheets, really good growth, acceleration because of AI. Uh, AI being so meaningful that I had CarMax on yesterday, and they told you that they can pivot really good people to more important tasks because they are able to free them from less important tasks because they can be done by generative AI. Uh, this is, I hear this pretty much every day from companies. It's yeah. not, it's not this dross. Is, this is the early days still of applications yeah. for it. If oh, you're no. hearing it now, and I have as well, although frankly, what I hear more is sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, internal testing uh, yes. without having fully rolled something out in terms of its use by a company. 
But if you're hearing that now, Jim, what's a year from now, two years from now, the oh, yeah. application set? B of A's got a piece out today. Percentage of companies that have not articulated an AI strategy, six. Six percent. I know that when NVIDIA was in town last week for non-roadshow roadshow, uh, there's never been anything like it. That You go to a bank and every senior person for the bank is there, not the analysts and not just the, the accounts because people are trying to figure out what to do. But by the way, once again, not trying to figure out how to lay off people, try to make people more productive. Now, that may be some that people may, may be, be an interim period. Right, but I think if you can get more people more productive, then you do more business, therefore you make more money, therefore you find new things to do with these people. Without a doubt. That's unless, possible. Unless you can just fully replace all the people, and then it really is very productive. I now find myself asking people whether they're human, and a good percentage are human. <laughs> get me? When you're dealing with somebody on the phone? Yes. Or? I say, are you human? And it's very challenging because they're... You can now, Salesforce has some, has some incredible software that would make it so that you would be thrilled that you didn't have a human. Uh, TD Cowan today uh, takes NVIDIA to 700 from 600. I like that. Uh, and people are still talking about Adobe, Adobe Max this week and some of the Firefly product. The Firefly that got stuff it. is incredible. If anyone's used it, the, the, the things that you can do with it a la Shopify are extraordinary to make a small business person equal to a large. I know people don't think that's possible. You got to try it. If you tried it for a small product, I think you'd be blown away what Chantal Narayan has come up here. It is just extraordinary. Look, I'm real positive in this stuff. I do believe last week there was a misinformation story about Microsoft trying to make its own chips. I mean, you need to have chips that learn and process. And only right now, NVIDIA's learned. I mean, it's just, it's a two-step process. And I think that people don't understand that the reason why a Microsoft or an Amazon needs NVIDIA because is you can't make what NVIDIA's making. I mean, you'd love to. Everyone would like to cut out NVIDIA. David, how much would Elon Musk love to cut out NVIDIA? He would like to, and they are developing their own chips. They are designing their own chips. Right, but it's hard. But he's a huge buyer of NVIDIA chips as well um, to power their AI. Look, if you want to know a, a, a way that NVIDIA, there'll be a moment where maybe NVIDIA needs the Chinese buyer. Did you know that that autos in Mexico, that right that three years ago, the Chinese had about 3%, and now they have 23%? Of the market? In three Mexi- years. The Mexican market. Yep, in three years. And you know how many cars are made in Mexico. That's been our way to make cars. I think that number is staggering. If we let China wait, let in, me, let me, if we let, let me, China let in. Let me make sure I understand. You're saying sales in Mexico. Yeah. In terms of market 23% share. 23% market of share. Comprised by Chinese made automobiles. Yeah. From, from 3%. 3%. 23%. I'm sorry. 23% in next, that, that's in three years. It's up from 3%. And what's incredible to me is, is that, look, we have these, you know, the largest factory in the world for, for vehicles is in Puebla. When you see that factory, is it bigger than what I saw in Austin at the Giga Factory? <laughs> size. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because that thing yes, is a mile Montoya. long. Well, this plant. A mile. This plant, it just keeps like a, remember like the Boeing plant in Washington just keeps going on and on and on. And we, we Calhoun's at, is he at the plant? Uh, you, you know Calhoun's. I like Calhoun very much. Hey, we got an initiation today. Uh, uh, UBS goes to buy. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. And maybe I can get back in. David got me out <laughs> at 184. I was like, I'm doing great. I don't know. Yeah, only with David's blessing can you David go long David got Boeing. me out. It yes. turns out to be a remarkable price. 
What was the next one you're on for me, Disney? I Nelson Peltz agrees with me on Disney. He does. Well, he bought 30 million shares. He did. He's probably underwater a little bit, but who knows? We haven't heard from him since the journal, obviously. I, he made that. an interesting claim they, to me. They, they he said the that journal. the stock's been very bad, and if Bob Iger doesn't like that, that's like empirical evidence. Yeah. Well, at least we got some well, news today that they're raising the ticket prices How at do Disneyland you like that? by almost 9%. Look, the theme parks are unbelievable. And I am told that, that Nelson believes the theme parks are worth the price of the stock. And you get all the other stuff, but, you know, obviously... Bob Iger's, I think, working very hard to bring out some value, but I don't know if it's hard enough or fast enough. That is the question, and if Mr. Peltz does choose to challenge with not just a directorship for himself, as he continues to want, but for potentially a slate, it will be an interesting battle. Why wouldn't you let him on? Don't you need a fresh fresh set of eyes? They don't feel like his expertise adds to the board. That is what I think Disney has David said David Taylor did it Proctor, and then and he kind of liked it. And that's what they say now. They believe PPG consumer goods. PPG didn't think, and they kind of like it. Heinz didn't Listen, think, and then they liked you're it. You're right. There's three for a, three. Peltz has a, a track record of... of, of Unilever liked success. him, four for four. So, I mean, what's Disney's problem? He's been... The boards, the CEOs of these companies have told me that they liked him. So, what am I going to like say? You guys are you guys don't know what you're talking about. You run your company, but that that doesn't mean anything. Right. I analyze your stock. I know more than you. Right. No. That's, that's going to be his argument. Well, it's a good one. And Disney's continues to be that we're disrupting everything in here anyway. We don't need you. You don't have the expertise that we feel will be additive to the board, and so we're going to continue to try to create shareholder value with all these different efforts that they're currently engaged in. But it may take a little while. I would welcome him. I think he's, you know, look at the stock were at 120. I tell him to hit the road. But at 80, um, 85, well, do you JP, need every, need every you can get? J.P. Morgan today saying Disney Plus downloads pretty solid. Uh, really? MS cuts I Netflix know. numbers because these aspirations right. about password sharing and ad revenue right. haven't really happened. No, I mean, I would, once again, I have a meeting today at 12 o'clock, and I throw myself on the hot coals by saying that one of the dumber things I did was to stick with Disney. Um, and I'm thrilled that Peltz is involved because I don't like losing money. That's just a fact of life. Sounds Not to how me. much like I felt about Sounds Pioneer to me, this Carl, morning. like we may get a visit from Nelson Peltz soon on the show. I'm feeling I, look, it. Look, the stock is at 85. I'm feeling My it. Pri- the price I bought is considerably higher. In the world of Karen Kramer, that makes me an idiot. I left out another. Ex- I left out an expletive that would have made idiot sound a little more kind. serious. <laughs> and I would have had to wear a post-it that said DIS, and Karen would have been right. Um, Karen Kramer, who, by the way, is my ex-wife. So we just kind of like put it out there. All right, and I was wanna, a great trader, okay? Um, guys, I, I want to hit LVMH because we have talked for some time about what does appear to be a slowdown in luxury. LVMH, of course, has been such an incredible uh, success, both as a company and as a stock, and has made its uh, founder, CEO, uh, Bernard Arnault, one of the wealthiest men in the world. He goes back and forth with Musk, or has. But you can see there, it was 9% top-line growth, but the concern here is sequentially slowing trends, um, what some are calling a normalization, but certainly concern about macro factors. People not buying as much leather uh, and not as much fashion. So there's a deceleration there. There's a concern, perhaps, that there's a saturation when it comes to, again, sort of leather. Um, Europeans noted as a consumer cluster that is uh, with weakening trends and a few others. 
Uh, and so that is having an impact, Carl, not just on LVMH shares, as you can see there, but on others as well in that, in that ultra-luxury region. Uh, yeah, rising rates, inflation, China slowdown. They did point out that Dior has grown 3x in seven years, and at some point, some of these growth rates have to normalize a bit. Yeah, well, look, I think that in a way to be able to show your wealth in China, you can't have a big house. So you buy their goods. And I guess, David, you know I believe that there's a crackdown in China, not unlike what the, pre, what the communists used to do, which is say, listen, we're not into your showy stuff. And not only that, we detain people who have bad quarters. Uh, yeah. But you talked about the Chinese consumer driving luxury to a certain extent. Well, right, but as it's much been excessive. It's excessive, and I think it's repulsive. Um, I don't think I think it's repulsive to have a country of 1.4 billion people, and you're out there spending money on this stuff when other people are trying to eat. Uh, Jim, the dialysis makers are getting smacked today. Holy on cow! This I've got a lot on that one. Novo Nordisk uh, Ozempic uh, kidney failure study, which showed effectiveness pretty early. I think that this is the last straw. I think that if you're you man, Mr. Broussard's retiring, you man, he's fabulous. Uh, if you're one of these companies that offers health care and you're a company that is trying to buy health care, I think that now you say the kidney, a chronic kidney is a silent, silent killer. Um, you really got to let people uh, be covered by Ozempic. And what I don't think these drugs, what don't these drugs treat at this point? Hair loss. Don't count it out. That's next. Don't count what, what it out. What name would you short on that? No, I mean, I honestly, mean, improved, look, when you, know, you go in, I mean. Cardiovascular, plus heart. Uh, okay, well, I'll give you, sadly, um, I would tell you that there's nothing related kidney. to cancer that I can tell. No, nothing. And that is a huge killer. I so was nothing. kidding. But clearly, oh. the indications for these drugs are rapidly broadening. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we should point out Manjuro is still not approved for weight loss. No. And yeah, obviously, Novo Norris is ahead on these tests, but David Ricks is the guy who saw it coming. He's frantically buying, building plants in North Carolina to meet the demand. Right, for when they get that full approval. It's being, right. it's being prescribed off-label. It's Ozempic and Wagovi. $1,000 a week, and, and I think that the company's going to cover you. Manjuro. And, of course, the key question will be at what point do you get an oral because you still have to take, you still have to Well, I, I would point again, I just want everyone to understand that each indication raises the possibility that uh, Medicare, that the, com the companies who handle your life, your insurance, that your work insurance will cover it. And so therefore the private pay goes down. Now, not, my mom died of kidney cancer and I did a lot of research on kidney. And there's just never way, any way you can ever tell. Now that's obviously, they didn't, this would not have helped her. But they do have stuff for what would have kept her alive for longer. But this is very difficult to tell. So you may think, I'm fine, but it's possible you don't know, which is a great reason why you could say to your uh, company, listen, I'm getting this and you have to pay for it. Big deal. Uh, yeah, a lot more significant than whether or not apparel habits change. Exactly. So you look at DeVita uh, at, at Fresenius and you see, wow, I mean, this is a real hit to them. Not unlike Dexcom, real hit to them. Abbott Labs, real hit to them. And it's hit to them because, like, if you can diminish the volume of people who are hurt by these, then I do think you have a sea change in what's covered. And that is when you might be able to say, well, Walmart's really being hit. It has to be covered. Now, David Rich was on my show saying, CEO of Lilly, he's not predicting instant, you know, big wave of people using it. Right. And there's been a lot of pushback against Walmart's argument, or at least their statement, that in fact it was, or they were seeing yes, some. Yes, there is. 
impact from the use of these drugs on purchases of certain right. supermarket items. Pepsi said no way. Oh, Lamb Wesson, right. which I think is here today, sells a lot of French fries, apparently selling more French fries than ever. Um, and on from there. So, well, I had uh, Chip Bergwin, whom I just love, is outgoing Levi, and he said, look, just as we had people who had to buy jeans because they changed them because of COVID, he said, people have to unmask buy jeans that are smaller and that that's going to help Levi. Wow. You have to go get, you know, a different size. Yeah. Or else you look like, you know, a guy, you look like uh, Mr. <laughs> Greensleeves, you know. Mr. Green Jeans? Mr. Green yes, Jeans. Yes. You'll be Captain Mr. Green Kangaroo. Jeans. I don't want to be Mr. Green Jeans and Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> as much it. as I love Captain Kangaroo. I love he was Captain. A, I love the Captain? Oh, yeah. Captain. Captain? Yeah, he was something. Good morning, Captain. We're, we're dating all of ourselves Green right Jeans. Now. I know. The younger people right now are thinking <laughs> Birkenstock, Green Jeans. I remember Jeans. watching that Why on a little black just go and white TV when I actually thought they were inside the TV. <laughs> That's how long ago we're going. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching Birkenstock this morning uh, going public today, pricing at 46, as we said. Our Leslie Pickers on the floor, I think at post five, right, Leslie? Yeah, that's where I'm at, Carl. Uh, the debate this morning is less about the pricing and more about whether or not you should be wearing socks or bare feet with your sandals. As uh, you can probably see, there are a lot of Birkenstocks here on the NYSE floor today after that company priced its IPO, $46 a share. That was toward the middle of the range and gives this company a market cap of about uh, $8.6 billion. And the company, as well as their selling shareholder and entities affiliated with it, El Catterton, raised about $1.5 billion. 30% of that was primary, sold by the company. That'll be used to repay debt. The rest was sold by the selling shareholders uh, and will be uh, collected by them. But I'm told we can't expect to see indications pop up on these boards here. Uh, between 10 and 10.30, Citadel is the designated market maker here. So they'll be watching uh, the book fill out a bit more as those orders start to uh, come in. I'm told that right now it's a little light, still quite early, but uh, we'll be monitoring it very closely and hope to give you a sense of you know where this could open given the early indications within the next uh, 30 minutes or so, guys. Leslie, thanks. I will check in a lot this morning. Leslie Picker watching Birkenstock, of course, the CEO coming up in the next hour. Uh, Jim, we talked a bit about uh, this, and I guess more broadly, what do you think it means for the IPO market? Look, this is the first deal that I think has cracked the barrier of large cap companies that people might want a piece of and put it away. Now, I, I think it's going to be, obviously, if it's much more above 46, it's very expensive. But if you look at the IPO so far, I think arm holding is very important to us and to people who know it's tech, but really not that important to everybody. Instacart, which is now called Maple Bear, I mean, that completely defrocked itself when they did that. David had problems pronouncing Clavio, Clavio. Kava, the one over down here, is closed hey, for health concerns. got an upgrade concern. today, right? Yeah, and Canview's been a disaster. So, so far, I'm looking, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, not a, well, arm is hanging in there. It's doing okay. Arm is good. Yeah. Arm Renee, good. good. Feet not so good. Arm good. Feet, and you get it. There. Get it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Heads and isn't it like fashion trends, though? Like, wasn't it, you know, what? 60s good, 70s not good, 90s good? Did you watch the Barbie? Did you see the Barbie movie? No. He <laughs> doesn't know anything. I know pop culture like there's no tomorrow. Yes, yes, you do. I watch the Barbie movie. That man knows yeah, pop culture. Yeah, I watch right the Invasion. There. That's I like to watch I'm not, You're not Plus. my go-to on pop culture. <laughs> I thought the Barbie movie was great. I'm, I'm glad. Oppenheimer was our movie. That's, that's our parent company movie. So we got to go with that one. Carl okay. and I went to see that. <laughs> uh, before we go to break, let's check bonds. Actually, the short end, uh, a little bit higher today with a two-year back above five. 
501. As we said, we'll get more speak today from Waller boss to Collins. And of course, FOMC minutes at 2 o'clock Eastern. Be right back. Watch GM this morning. Uh, we do have this tentative deal with the Canadian Labor Union, although B of A today says be careful. Uh, you did see some rather tepid approvals on the Ford side, yeah. meaning that some members may still be impatient uh, and unhappy with the terms. We'll see what happens with that ratification, but uh, GM obviously in the green. And a pretty good tape here as the S&P's up almost 12 points and stop trading with Jim's coming up next. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. You know, Carl, I think that what's going on in the food business general and at the grocery stores, people are switching to healthier snacks. So what you want to do is be on the hunt for those companies that have the healthiest snacks. They're going to do a lot more business. That's not easy to find. For instance, Hostess, not that healthy. Uh, you could argue that PepsiCo is able to pivot, but they do a lot of Doritos. That, that only could be hurt. They said it wasn't. So I'm on the hunt for companies that do snacks that I think people would say, you know what? That's pretty good for me because that's what you're going to win. You buy this uh, Kava upgrade today, uh, arguing whole sector's been smacked 20% since the summer. I, I don't really care for the restaurant stocks because uh, I still think they don't uh, They don't have labor under control and it, there's just a lot of turmoil in that group. Um, and some of the stores are charging, they have to pay a huge amount of money for labor and therefore their prices have gone up. Although I would tell you that uh, if you really had to be there, Olive Garden did a pretty good job, Dart. But I, I need to find companies that's, that have all healthy snack line. I think they're going to be the winners. Another winner off of Ozempic. Okay. 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 Ozempic, Wagovi, and Manjuro. Yes. Where is the Wagovi truck right now, Jim? Where's the, the truck? <laughs> yeah. You usually you seem to know you it's right now. Right now it's at Walgreens because I like the stuff. <laughs> How about tonight? I have a company I really love when it comes to small medium sized businesses, Intuit. Anyone who's ever owned a restaurant or had a little small business knows you just use Intuit and it is saves you a fortune and you're also okay with the tax man. Some people feel the last acquisition wasn't that good. I'm checking on that. Jim, we'll see you at six. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, it was good. Thank one. you. Mad Money, six PM Eastern time. David feel better. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for letting us know it was a good show. Appreciate your rating. We're waiting to get first a seven, an eight? What do you what do you rate it, Jim? First trade on Birkenstock in a minute. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.